The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's Mexico Open. That is Storylines, Best Bets, One and Done Selections. Joining me to break it all down, Mark Gimmelman is here. Mark, good day. How's it, boys? Good to be with you. Nice to uh, make it back from the West Coast, and now we're ready for Florida next week. Crazy. Yes, Mark, you've been getting into it with people on Twitter, but hold, hold on to that oh, for yeah. just a Hold on. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> circle back. Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, hey, buddy. Boys, happy to be here. Um, this is my first mega preview of the year, so I'm excited to put some, uh, hopefully, some black on the on the board because there's been too much red. Been seeing it on Sundays. Too much red. I'm hoping to help. The luxury of being zero and zero. Yes, wow. I have. I'm undefeated. Undefeated. Okay, we'll get to Greg's. <laughs> Picks here later in the show. Kyle Porter is here. KP. Hey, bud. What up? Representing the DP World Tour. That's uh, right. With my, with my hat. KP. And, Pretty uh, cool. Yeah. It's great. Uh, no, I'm I'm uh, excited to chat. We've got uh, kind of a low-key week, but I, I feel like we have a lot to chat about, Rick. There is a lot to chat about. Um, we'll get to a few different topics. Mark, you are... You, you know the luxury. I know it's been a little, a little rainy, a little wet. You're not gonna, you're not gonna get much, you know, sympathy from from this crew here because you've seen some pretty cool things over the last couple of weeks, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I really have. I, I'll be honest with you. Um, the three weeks we got to do for CBS were cool. Uh, Tory Pines was great, nice start, and then Pebble was rough weather-wise. But I, I was just saying off the top of the show that you know I got to see two pretty special rounds with my own two eyes and. The first one was Wyndham Clark shooting 60 to win. Didn't know it at the time because that was Saturday. And then, of course, Sunday was rained out by the hurricane that rumbled through there. And then um, Waste Management, WM, we got the week off. But now back to L.A. And I'm scheduled for the final round for Jason Day and Harris English, who I could watch all day long. I mean, those two golf swings fell out of heaven to me, especially Harris. So I, get, I joined them, and they're kind of just hanging around, nothing going on. And right in front, Hideki starts going bananas. So um, we're on 12, walking down 12. And uh, 
I see Hideki, my spotter, Craig says to me, Hideki's got a birdie putt and he's off two straights. So I start walking ahead a bit because I've got a feeling I might get moved. And he buries this bomb. So my producer gets on and he goes, Mark, get a decky. I'm like, I'm right here already, buddy. So I join a decky and he makes an unreal birdie on 12. Then he makes a wonderful par on 13 and 14. Then freaking flags it on 15, 16, hits it through the green on 17, makes birdie. 18, flushes two, shoots 62. Now I don't see all of it, but I saw enough. So I, I fly home on the red eye and I'm like, wow, geez, I'm a fortunate guy, right? And this prompts me to tweet, which I put out the question. It's a poll. It's still up there. You've already made the first mistake, Mark. You, you I'm, a, I'm a rookie. Anyway, so I, I put out the tweet and people can still vote. I'm like, okay, so I've seen these two rounds. I have my thoughts. I'm thinking I don't tweet this. Um, I was just lucky. Which of the two rounds was the best? Wyndham 60 or Hideki's 62? It's a great now, question. You, you can imagine, thank you, Kyle. I thought so too. So you can imagine now what I think is going to happen and what I thought was going to happen transpired. Now, look, Wyndham did some unreal stuff, but I saw one thing that kind of got me. Just, I just laughed to myself, right? And it was some guy that tweets me and goes, I, you know, lift clean in place for 60. Um, I, I, I have no respect for that round, basically. And I thought to myself, I'm like, dude, this guy just had a putt for 59. I don't care if you're playing it off a tee. That is some serious golf. So I'm just going to throw that out there. And Greg, I'm going to let you bite. <laughs> it reminds me of a story. I was in college and a bunch of us were sitting around talking about golf, of course, because we're golf nerds. And one kid says, well, the PGA Tour players have such a big advantage because they have grandstands around the greens. And if you hit the ball into the grandstands, you get a free drop. And <laughs> we don't get that advantage. They got people lining the fairway. And I'm like, so you're going to start shooting 65 instead of 75 on a good day because when you miss long left, your ball doesn't hit a grandstand and theirs does. That really mm -hmm. makes, and that's like, the mud on the ball is mud on the ball costing you 20 strokes around because th those are the kind of numbers that you deal with. I mean, I've told this story before, but I, I played around with Bud Colley once and he beat me by like eight or 10. So you're a good player. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty good. Was he, was he any good? <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> like same distance tee shots um, for the first 16 holes, same clubs into greens. Like I could hit a lot of the shots he hit nowhere near as consistently, but all of a sudden he beats me by 10. And I'm like, if we played four rounds, he beat me by 40 <laughs> and he's more, he's more likely to get a whole lot better. And I'm more likely to get a whole lot worse. Well, that's we the, <laughs> He's going to beat me by 60. Well, yeah, that's a funny thing because you know, look, I know it was lift clean in place, but 60 is 60. Just consider <laughs> 60, 12 under. And what made that round so great, despite being lift clean in place, was the greens were so soft and receptive that anything that came in there spinning was just ripping back at you. So getting the ball close to some of the spots, because what the rules officials had done was they put the whole locations on high spots so you can play if the rain comes in early. So just the control, the 60, all this stuff. I'm like, look, I understand 62 at Riv is pretty special. 
And I think he beat the field average by like four or something like that. But 60, 60. So I, I'm on the fence with these two things. But golly, I, I was I was so curious that someone who probably had never watched a 60 in his life before was like, well, it's left clean in place. That doesn't mean anything. K KP, put a bow on this. I, I have the I have the poll results. So I want you to guess what the poll results are and then tell me which which round was better. Well, I, I think the poll would probably say Wyndham 60 slightly mm. better. No. Okay. <laughs> no close. Landslide victory for Hideki. Really? Percent. Yeah. I mean, 60 at Pebble is in it's insane. I think I think it's because one, we are like prisoners of the moment. Everybody just watched the Hideki round. But also Mark said it, KP. It's uh he said we didn't know at the time. It was a 60 to win. Yeah, I I, I think that's time we we knew. That's where I would probably lean. I, I'm a, I, I think it's a I wish I would have thought of the question. I think it's a very good question. I think I would lean Hideki. I've got the top four rounds in terms of strokes gain so far this year. This is true strokes gain from data golf. Uh Neiman 59, he gained eleven point seven strokes. Live Mayakoba. Do you guys know what the second best round of 2024 is? It's not either of these two. Uh, I I did just see this the other day. You, uh, you, I'm surprised. I'd be surprised if you don't know, Rick. I I'm I can only remember Hideki's best rounds. Is <laughs> you've been pumping that stat for? Yeah, I know, and now I can't get back into like everybody. This uh, I so. Don't Second best round of the year is Nick Taylor, first round 60 at Phoenix. He gained 11, uh, yeah. 11 point, basically right at 11 strokes. Now, that was weird, right? Like, didn't it was over well, the afternoon? Days. The wind pumped. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It, it was yeah. like nine, nine holes both days, pretty much. So it was, that's a little wonky. And then obviously the next two are, are Wyndham and Hideki. They both gained uh true strokes gain so it takes into account like how good the field was Wyndham was almost 10 and Hideki was nine and a half so they both got a bump because of the field I I would <sighs> Wyndham's was technically better based on like what he shot to the field I think I would probably go Hideki just because it was to win the tournament and I don't know. That's and I guess I give like a mild bump for it not being lift clean in place. But sixty is I, I'm with Mark. It's still insane. I think it's a lot closer than eighty two to eighteen. Folks, you can still go vote. I've left this poll up there for a few more days. Go on, Rick. Come through, Rick. Do you remember the first person you played against in baseball that you were like, "Yep, that's it for me. I'm done." Uh, yeah. Well, there was yeah. This, I don't even know remember his name, but I just like when you. When we when I saw like the first like ninety six mile an hour fastball of my life, I was like, I'm done here. I don't have this stuff. I I, I, I got really see it. How am I supposed to hit it? I got to Oklahoma State and there was this guy named uh, I pitched and there was this guy named Corey Brown. He actually he never he made it to like triple A. He but he was like, like I saw him play and I was like, I'm gonna have a career in something other than sports. This is not it for me. Like he was the most. It was unbelievable and he wasn't even like a first round pick and you're like well that that's but it, at the, least the end you, of the road at least you guys aren't related to the guy that had that influence on me I mean, <laughs> <laughs> was my younger brother by nine years dusted me and i was an all-american and i'd won events and i looked at this i was like holy cow how am i going to be the best golfer in the world if i can't beat my household 
Mm. <laughs> That's that is tough. And you get reminded of that a lot. I don't think uh, KP thinks of Corey. No very often <laughs> no i don't i get on baseball cube once a year and that's our baseball reference and uh mark has to go to dinner and work <laughs> with and that's brutal it's brutal all right listen here's what we're gonna do we have some more uh i guess we'll call it storyline stuff to talk about we'll try to predict predict the future we will look at the mexico open we'll get to our best bets are one and done but i think this is a good time josh to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I, I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as, as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for four, our listeners, uh, first time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. And we're back. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to hit my breaking point a little bit here, I think with the whole, will they, won't they merge? And even if they do, then what happens? Yep. Um, because that's the one thing KP that uh, no, like there hasn't been any good answers for There haven't, haven't really been any answers for, you know, some guys will say, Hey, let them back. No penalty. Some will say that's crazy. Some will say we're all going to live or those live guys are coming back or, what Rory McIlroy was alluding to uh, after his third round at Riviera, which is essentially creating a tour for the top 80 on top of the PGA Tour and Live Golf. That's like some of the very few actual thoughts that people have offered for a solution. Yeah, you, you wrote a really good post on this uh, on your newsletter 
website essentially not rickerandgood.com but but your newsletters did you put it on rickerandgood.com yes i could i didn't really expect i just i was mostly just like an exercise for myself and yes. uh, yeah but I, I it's i should probably drop it on rickerandgood.com too I'll it got a lot of feedback huh good bad and indifferent yeah so i don't know if we have this josh or if you can bring it up but i there are some accompanying um exhibits so to speak where what i did is i took the concept <laughs> this, is like, this is like the congress thing you got a poster board <laughs> <laughs> that that rory said top 80 on a world tour and he said that all other leagues should quote feed up to that one which is a model we've seen around the world so i started putting you know level one that's your world golf tour level two pga tour and live level three corn ferry and the dp level four and level five, basically everything else below that, which is, I think, the way that European soccer does it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, Kyle. I saw that and I thought of your, the European soccer leagues. It's a super cool idea. I just want to say that there were complaints about the World Golf Championships events, which was ostensibly the same thing. So I still thought what you wrote was fantastic. Yeah, it was fantastic. And you know what? I'm so sick of, of players complaining about stuff. Like figure it out you just got three billion dollars like i don't really care if you have to fly to australia i just don't you know like i i think and i think that's what's getting lost in all this and people have made this point and will continue to make it is like wh who's thinking about like what's the best product for the fans you know patrick cantlay is thinking about what's the best product for patrick cantlay and the ssg is thinking about what's the best product for the investment that we made and all these all these people are incentivized to think about themselves and it's like yeah i don't really i don't really care man like i don't care that you have to travel i just don't like i think it's kind of weird that we talk about like oh well the players you know like what we we don't do this in like i don't care that bill belichick has to fly across the country every week to play in san francisco you know whatever like it's kind of weird that we do this in golf and maybe that's an individual sport thing but I'm what I think there are a few quibbles that I have, Rick, with like the details of what you wrote. But broadly speaking, I mean, I've been writing about this concept for like eight years now, and I think it would be amazing. I just don't know. I think Live is, well, I don't know. Maybe Live isn't the linchpin that's holding it up, but it seems like Live and maybe the play, the power that the players have on the PGA Tour are both kind of holding it up, which are two pretty big linchpins. I just um, want to say real fast. Sorry, Greg. Go ahead. How about Mackenzie Hughes on network television and yeah. walk and talk? I mean, well, he had said this prior on, uh, I think it was the Sweet Spot podcast with John Sherman and Adam Young. Um, but, uh, I, Jim Nance after that was like, wow, that's exactly what we needed. We needed a player to stand up and speak out and go, yo, we've, we've officially lost the handle on things over here. Do we have that? Do we have that quote anywhere? Because I saw some of it, but I'd I'd love to if we can pull up the full quote. Sorry, Greg. Go ahead. No, no, no. Raises a couple of issues. Um, the the one thing as it relates to the world tour, I, I really enjoyed Mackenzie Hughes' comments. They were definitely directed towards the fans. And after reading Rick your um, idea and concept, I like the general concept. Um, and, and it's an actual solution, which I like. 
I don't like complaining without solutions. <laughs> but there are a couple. There are a couple of problems. But one is, well, and again, sadly, it's financial. A lot of it. Like, who would own this? Um, that's a big question. Yeah. So, so one of the biggest pieces of feedback that I got was basically, why would the PGA Tour let the top eighty players go to a new entity? And my answer is they would own the new entity. And and also um they don't have a lot of choice. If the players want to do that, like like are, they're already building a for a for-profit entity on top of the PGA Tour. So Make- you you kind of see it as like SSG PIF yes. the PGA Tour PGA all Tour own it. Is creates the world golf tour, whatever they want to call it. Maybe calling it the world golf tour made it seem like it was something completely different. Call it PGA tour plus. And that's the, that's the concept here. Okay. So that definitely makes sense. Now, since they're involved, these next two are probably simplified, but two thoughts I had were live is uh, a contract based system. I think that complicates things. Yeah, and SSG offering equity. It seems like if there's relegation year over year, there's no real job security. Uh, equity and contracts both would get very complicated, and maybe they just go away. Maybe both those things go away, um, or there's some way. I mean, I don't even know how SSG and the PGA Tour are divvying up equity. I don't really. I- I don't, I don't either. I was reading an article by Sean Zock today. I think it was on golf.com and it, and he was laying out this, um, so lacrosse did this a few years ago, apparently like four or five years ago where they created a new lacrosse league and then they merged with the old league and they did the equity thing and, and all that. And in it, he was talking about how like the players are kind of in the dark about the equity thing as well. Like it, it feels like, well, we'll give Rory like, an eighth of it and then we'll figure out the rest i mean that's not what anybody has said but that's sort of what uh that's sort of what it feels like i think greg you you voiced like the biggest problem with all of this which is that so many different and this is just the golf problem in general is that so many different uh, businesses and organizations control the different entities that would feed into all this right would take an immense amount of cooperation yes it, right right which I, time cooperation which i think the the two most important entities are at their most vulnerable place of or their most the place where they're they're most willing to cooperate because they're the most vulnerable but you still have to get all like it, it's just the logistics of it and again as a fan you figure that out. That's what the money, that's what the $3 billion is for. So the money is for. So one other, you, you mentioned this vulnerability. And when I look at the live system and the live model, that's a big concern for me, right? If you're trying to generate that, you have a team concept and I know that this is all changeable, but if you have a team concept and the business model is to build value in teams, it seems like it would be difficult to sustain and grow that value when the best players at the end of the year are going to leave your team. So there wouldn't be a whole lot of, Hey, the range goats have so-and-so and and I'm a fan (laughs) of that. 
not that I agree with it or it just, it, it seems like that would kind of corrupt that model. Yeah. I, I hear you, but you know, you look at the, cause we're comparing this to English premiership football and the English soccer league. Uh, you have stars that are on contract there and then eventually the contracts out and they move along. I, I, there is a way by this, but the problem is this is like government, you know, People are just at a stalemate. Uh, I understanding from folks that certain folks think they have more leverage over the others, but with so much <laughs> money that's changing hands over here, it's folks are like there's gridlock. They don't want to give up the money. They just don't. Yeah. The the way that I laid it out. So so I took Rory's comment, the top eighty players, and I just took golfer one through eighty from Data Golf's rankings and said these are the eighty. Right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go any. We could you know we could argue about that all day long. Um, Liv would lose about 13 guys to this new entity. I actually think that because there is a team aspect, Liv is they could weather that because they'd also own a percentage of the new entity as well, right? Assuming that, like you're assuming that this PIF investment comes in, you're assuming that this new entity is kind of co-owned, they would lose players there. And maybe, yeah, maybe those players are just out on loan. Maybe they come back and play a couple of events a year. Maybe maybe they could weather it because they're building around and leaning into the team aspect. And just like any sports team, guys retire, guys get traded, guys move on, you lose them to free agency, et cetera, et cetera. But those things don't typically happen when you have success. Like Patrick mm. Mahomes doesn't win the Super Bowl and then move on. And that's where, you know, that's a big difference. If, if somebody for the Patriots, a special teams player, retired today, um, Slater, right? And that happens all the time, but it's not Tom Brady. Bec and it's not because of the success, which I think well, just is a, an interesting point. Yeah, I, I almost see it as like this, Greg. I almost You're totally right, and I agree with you. I almost see the team aspect bumping up to the, to the top tour. To, to the 80 or I would probably make it a hundred and doing either like F1 where they have teams, but it's maybe not primary or doing it as like a side four or five events where you can play alternate shot. You can do some different interesting stuff there, which I think would be really, really cool. And that's again, one aspect of live that I've always enjoyed. Um, so you bump the team aspect up to the top 80 or a hundred and then live just becomes like the, new european tour you can call it whatever you i don't care what you call it but it becomes essentially like the path to get to the global or to what you call it rick the world world championship world tour oh world uh, tour. from an world international from an international perspective so you have your american path on the pga tour and your international path for you know Australian, South Africa, you know, whatever, um, through live or rename it, I call it the Yasser tour. I don't, I don't care, but I just think that like the, the, uh, the ease of understanding all this would really make for a man. If you knew like, Hey, every year, the top hundred guys in the world are going to be in this tour and they're going to go to, uh, Tokyo and they're going to go to Melbourne and, and all these, that, that would, it, it's very I thought what you wrote, Rick, was very, very compelling. So so thank you. Now, to talk about where they're going, because Rory did kind of address this too, Mark. So he said that, quote, there is 
he believes there is more of an appetite amongst younger Americans to travel globally. He cited Max Homa, Justin Thomas going to South Africa. So he, that was those were his words. The way that I laid out the schedule, uh, right? That that's what you know. And listen, that's what the yeah, money's yeah, for. Yeah, there's, there's your appetite. Yep. That's what the money's for. Yep. The money's for. Um, I I went with 16 events in four majors, giving these players uh, 20 events that they would have to play. Rory said, I think he said 22 or 24. He said 24. Many. That feels like a lot. It's like a lot. I didn't ask him to do that many. And <laughs> I but again, I don't care about the players. You like to, you gave them a month off. You you were so silly. I mean, you yeah, were just two months so off. I gave them two months off. I didn't send them. I didn't send them to Phoenix in July. I I sent them to all the places that like these events are normally happening. I picked. Uh, okay, you get like. Adelaide, you get Jetta, you get some of the crown jewels on live, you get the crown jewels on the PGA tour, you add in some national championships, which are the crown jewels on the DP world tour, you put mm -hmm. them all together. Let's go figure it out. $3 billion. Rick, your thing was your schedule was awfully well thought, thought out. And I thought it, it brought to, to mind two things for me. First off, I thought you were busy. To, to you really thought this through. So I'm wondering then what Mina is thinking because you're not spending <laughs> any time with your wife when you're not doing all the stuff you do. Yeah, this you, is what you love some time with this. Yeah. Huh? All right. I got a I got a question on the schedule. Yeah, can we put can we pull it up, producer Josh? I don't I don't know if, if we can. I thought it was cool because you whisk folks all around the globe. You 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 some of the great events in the PGA tour were on your schedule. It was very, very clever. That's why I thought what I did. I'm like, this guy's yeah. logging the hours. Yeah. So I, I start them in November with some type of rotating opening swing, whether it's Tokyo, South, South Korea, doing a Far East thing, going to South Africa. I the hit moment open. Yeah, exactly. I hit uh, Adelaide and the Australian open in December, which is like basically when those are going to be played. Anyway, you start yep. in January, Dubai and Jeddah. No problem with either one of those Phoenix and Riv in February. Players Championship in Bay Hill in March, Masters in Harbor Town in April, PGA and Canadian Open in May, U.S. Open and Memorial in June, Open Championship Scottish Open in July. You wrap up the year with the French Open and the Spanish Open in the months that they're already played in. You're just missing the fifth major, the John Deere Classic. I mean, come on now. It's still on the PGA Tour. It's just not on the World Tour. So, the, okay, so that was another thing, KP. People were like, well, now there's only, you know, I'm a big golf fan. Now there's I want to tune in every single week and watch something. I don't care if it's the rocket mortgage. I don't care if it's the John Deere. And and my vision is that tour still run. The PGA tour right. is filling the gap on every other week. Totally. And I think we get really hung up on like the names of these things. Like the, like we think about the PGA tour is only being this certain thing. You can call the thing, whatever you want, yeah. right? Like just, play golf every week with guys that are not quite in the in the top 80 or, or top 100 i i liked this schedule a lot i would probably condense it by a by a month and take three months off rick i i i think that most leagues like you think about the nba or the nfl nfl is longer um major league baseball it's it's at least three right and i think that that really Especially if you have like a, a big Ryder Cup year, then you're really just taking October off and you're back. That that's a lot. Um, I had to take. I wanted September off for Ryder Cup, Presidents Cup, and I would have liked to have actually taken almost like the NFL playoffs off, like you know what I mean, and not even not even compete with that. But it kind of it, it made it too uh, too tough for me. Well, you, you, your point about like if you're global, it 
the NFL, it's not, yeah, it doesn't matter as much. Um, I think that I would, one thing that I've always wanted them to do, and I don't know how tied to the date the RNA is, I think ending the year with the Open Championship or ending the season with the Open Championship is is super special. Um, Weather's too risky. The weather is just too risky. In August? Yeah, it starts getting, well, end of the year it starts getting worse, but but uh, where, where they've got it, I think, is the best chance for weather, especially if you go to Scotland and places like that. Now, if you go south of England, fine, but, but anywhere north you start battling. I, I admittedly thought my schedule, French Open, Spanish Open, ends with a little bit of a whimper. Now, if if that's maybe it's Valderrama, I I mean it would be awesome if it was the Open Championship that like was your it was your finale, but yeah, I didn't. I think know what to I do. would I would try to switch those two months if possible, right? Where you have like European summer, French Open, Spanish Open, Irish Open, whatever, and then try to end with Scottish and Open. I I don't know about the the dates and the weather. I don't know if that would completely work out. Um, There's a reason why Wimbledon's in July. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was mostly good. I, I think I might start the year in Australia, though. I might start it in December and then move. I don't know how you would fit in like the Asia, Africa, India type thing. Right. Um, because I like the Middle East to Phoenix, L.A. to Players Bay Hill. I mean, it's it's really good. I really like it a lot. Uh, Canadian Open might be a little early. Yeah, it's usually in June, right? Canada in May might be might be dicey. We gotta we gotta yeah we gotta find a a, a location that would be able to to host that. But, but you it, could swap Memorial and uh, yeah. yeah and Canadian Open. That's true. Look, I, I think it's pretty. I think it's really good actually, considering the concept, um, because for the most part, you got your heavy hitter events in the U.S. still there, uh, and when you're talking about November, December, January, you're competing with football, but you're on the other side of the world. So Americans are going to be watching those anyway. Um, that's just the reality of the situation. And that is a concern to me. Um, like when you start going to your sponsors, if they're even important, maybe Piff just funds the whole thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but you start going to sponsors, and like Rory also mentioned, we need corporate America involved, but it has to be global. Yeah. Is that a conflict? You know, you go to um, Australia. Is an event or two events in Australia enough to captivate that market? You know, one or two events in a year. You go to Tokyo for, you know, once in the year is it enough to captivate the market and at the other end of the spectrum i get one's better than none but are you missing out on um potential more potentially more growth in the american market okay i've always believed that you got to develop your fan base and you got to develop a core and you got to treat them well right give like hug your core and when the u.s tour starts going around the world, those events suffer a little bit. It's worked on the PGA tour because they've typically been in football season in the fall, which is where I think it works in this, but I just have some concerns about the global aspect of it in general. 
I think I think the counter to that, Craig, is that they're all like farmers is out, Wells Fargo's like they're already removing themselves from the situation, right? And that that happens. That's not like a new thing. I don't, I don't know how much it's tied to the purses going up and all that, but uh, I think they've already built up the fan base, right? Like this would this would this is a unification of the fan bases that have been built up. I think the last thing that I have, Rick, is how do you envision like the sort of championship, like the winner of the world golf tour being crowned? Like, let's say you ended at the open championship. Is there enough interest in who wins the overall race to St. Andrews or whatever we're calling it? Um, because like the tour championship to me, is just, it's, it's not, it's not working as like a yeah. end Super of year Bowl. type. Th yeah, there you go. Um, is there enough interest during a major week where you're like, oh, I actually, this sort of side story, I actually do care about this because it's a major week. Uh, Josh, throw my screen back up there. Sorry. I, I closed it out a little, little too late. So I, I don't know the answer to that. What I, what I planned was just no playoffs. Like I don't, I, I think they kind of whiff. We talk about the major championships being the important ones. So I just kind of did this, like what I believe F1 does, which is as the season goes on, you are yeah. accumulating points depending on what your finishing position is at the end of the year. Whoever has the most points is your world champion. If Max Verstappen runs away with the world championship with three races to go race better, right? Be fast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If, if Scotty <laughs> runs away with the world championship with three events to go, guess what? There's still an open championship and a cleric jog that's going to be. Now, now you sound like Rory to uh, some of the members in the, in the meeting the one time he's like, just play better. You'll yeah. sort yourselves out. It's yeah. true. And I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with that, Rick. Um, I, I agree with you on that. I, I don't think it should, there shouldn't, to me, there shouldn't. I think one of the hard things about the tour championship is that there shouldn't be anything post. It feels weird to have something post open championship. Yeah. And it just gets a little lost in, in, in the shuffle. The one thing I would say is that there's a lack of diversity in the, in the format, like no match play. You know, I, I yeah. think there, I think there's room to introduce some things like that, especially if you've got a, like a pretty set number of like, Hey, these are the guys for the year. What's, what's good. You know, go do match play or whatever. And you could easily turn those events into match play. Love, right. Any one of those could be a match play. The other thing I did with the points is every, you know, there's no same number of points. So every spot matters. And I'm only giving out points to the top 20. If you finish, yeah. like, I don't care if you finish 37 on any, like, I don't care. Like you've got to earn points, go finish inside the top 20, earn your points that way, add them up at the end of the year. Um, one other thing, majors still full field. That's for the majors to decide, right? The, yeah. The masters, the masters <laughs> they set their own criteria now. They're going to continue to set their own criteria, right? I don't care. So you you might have a world where not all the top 80 are playing in the masters. Sure. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, we'll take Now, yeah. what if, is it is it strange to you if, let's say this was going on this year and Justin Thomas was relegated. Mm. Yeah. And gets into the Masters and wins the Masters. Mm -hmm. He's playing the whole year on a second tier tour. He'd be on the PGA Tour or the 
<laughs> so there's no in season. This is one se- You get in, a full in season. My world, in my world, there's not. If you want to put in check marks and say, "Hey, we'll do mini relegations after every major," right at at the quarter pole and the half pole, three quarter pole, right? Then sure, I'm open to it. But in my yeah. world, you play the whole year. Or I think All if right. you if you you can make a very Simple. easy like if you if you play your way into a major and win the major, you're you're I don't know. You could you, have you would you would want to you'd want to keep like whatever your set number is, I think. So somebody would have to get bumped out. But this I, is like I don't mind easy to understand. Right. 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 I, I kept going back to thinking what you say, KP, which is like the PGA tour for the last 70 years has been making updates to their code and like, <laughs> you know, they're fixing bugs, which yeah. you know, solves this problem, but like now it causes more bugs and like, you know, it's, and it's so true. And we just, you know, when you have the, the most vocal player in the world, Rory McElroy, uh, proposing something like this, I think you have to take it seriously. Yeah. I'm taking it seriously. There's a few overtures that are coming from the McElroy camp uh, last week i was like hmm, okay uh, anyway i uh have been against a world tour for a long time and still am but your schedule would would work if they did that exactly what you said it would not bother me okay um would this bother you because here are the top 80 it's it's scotty scheffler to keith mitchell so on the from on the hair of their chinny chin chins Aaron Rye, Lucas Glove, Steve List, Sergio Garcia, Adam Svensson, and Keith Mitchell get in. Steve Stricker, too. Steve Stricker, too, which, yeah. That's yeah, cool. that, I mean, that might, we might have to make an adjustment for that. Well, he hey, might not he- want to do that, right? I mean, I guess he would if it was a lot of money, but like, does he want to play? I don't know. So, yeah, there, you know, we'd have to, we'd have to have some. I know, I know he's about to go for surgery, but is Bernard Langer on there? Because he should be there, too. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> he's not in the dating off top 80. Uh, <laughs> I, I yeah I think I, I don't know what you would yeah I don't know how you would rank them but once you get to eighty one or a hundred and one or whatever it's like yeah just play a little better I, I don't it, I don't it starts to matter a little less yeah whether it from the fans perspective you know whether Lucas Glover is in or Michael Kim is in is a small difference this is a great group though I mean it's a killer group I'm in. It's a really good group. I mean, it's obviously like all the PGA Tour guys and you get the big 13 back from Liv and you get like Hoygaard, Olison, Matthew Pavone, the other Hoygaard. Like it's... I think what's interesting, Rick, is like... And this is the thing that we haven't talked about. I joke that we're going to talk about this for an hour. We might actually talk about it for an hour. (laughs) Is there's no room for Tiger and Phil. For sure. Right. And I think that that's kind of odd, but also I'm, I'm kind of okay. I, I don't know. You don't have four sponsor exemptions in these. Events? No, hell no. Get the, <laughs> I'm, I'm that is I'm such deep garbage. Deep. It's such garbage. KP, they could conceivably still play, still play major championships. So you'd still get them. Yeah. But this is this is too competitive, which is crazy to say. But th- it's too competitive for Tiger. It's too competitive for Phil. And how sick would it be to see like Phil grinding on the corn ferry, trying to get back to the 
he's crazy enough to do it. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. It would be it would be awesome. Yeah, say goodbye to Tiger there, bro. <laughs> yeah. Tiger, Tiger, will start, Tiger will start the TGL and say to you guys, like, sayonara to some of your boys because you're about to give them a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, in fact, where the TGL fits into yeah, all Exactly, this. that's coming too. <laughs> Somebody else will jump. All right, um, we are going to turn our attention to Mexico. We're going to give out our best bets, our one-and-done selections, and then we're going to get out of here. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. And we're back. Uh, before we jump into this, Mark, there is a comment here from Alex who says, Mark hit me with a, quote, sweet shirt man and a fist bump at the Genesis this weekend. And now I have to find a place to frame that shirt. But here's the thing. What was the shirt? It was, I remember that was behind the 14th green, the par three. And he goes, hey, Mark, love the uh, first cut podcast. And I'm like, cool. And he was wearing this green shirt. I thought it was master's shirt because they looked like there was like a pimento cheese sandwich and stuff. Little like little icons, caricatures all over the shirt. But uh, I think it was a Melbourne shirt in the end. Uh, stuff's big out there in California. And so, yeah, it was green and it, it looked very much master's like. But I remember it was cool. It was cool for him to say hello. I get a bunch of folks from saying hello about the First Cut podcast. So apparently you guys are quite popular. I think uh, I think I think we uh, we do OK. We do okay around around the globe. West Coast, we have a lot of West Coast people. Mexico. Greg, that is not on the West Coast. It is. Yes, it is, actually. West Coast of Mexico. It is. My bad. Uh, Tony Finau is the favorite. He stands alone at the top of this board. He has finished second, and he has won this event. This is the third time we have gone to Vidanta Vallarta for this event. Is this big Tony's to lose? Yes, uh, he's clearly the best player in this field. Um, I don't think that necessarily means he's going to win, but he certainly has a really good shot at it. And he has been playing some really good golf um, in some tough fields. You know, I, I look at what he's done with his approach play and the last three weeks he's gained over three strokes in all of them at the Farmers where there's a lot of long approach shots. He gained over seven shots approaching the green. So his, his tee to green stuff has been awesome. There's a big concern. 
He's lost strokes putting in nine of 10 events. That's a big concern. Um, but all in all, he's still the best player here. I will say that I, I, I agree with everything you said there, Greg. The Paspalum greens, they have to keep them a little slower there because one, the grass is quite, you know, it's it's a beautiful surface, but it's very coarse and dense. And because it gets breezy around there, they're a touch slower. So for me, you know, slower greens almost kind of mitigate putting skill a little bit. And the place is massive and there's big wide fairways. So if you've got some power and you just got to roll the thing halfway decent, Tony can hit putts there a little bit more, which I feel like sort of plays into his uh, skill set. All right. Well, he's got a good enough record. Let's see if we can improve our records. We're going to talk a lot about uh, about a lot of different players as we jump into our best bets for the week. Now, if you've never seen this before, we take 100 bucks and we put 50 on the matchup of our choice, 30 on the finishing position of our choice, and two separate outrights at 10 bucks each. So, KP, we're going to start with you and your selected matchup for this week, please. Yeah, I've got I've got Taylor Pendrith over Thomas Dietrich. I really valued as I was kind of going through all my picks this week, I really valued length a lot. I mean, this is a course that kind of disproportionately rewards it. Um, why is that, by the way? Do you, did you look into that at all? Um, so you can you can basically hit it wide. No you rough. Yeah. There's no There's rough. Trouble out there, and also uh, you get a lot of long approaches, and it's not a perfect correlation. But obviously, the guys that are when you're 210 yards out, if you're hitting a shorter club in, that goes a long way. So it's not it's not exactly just saying, hey, these are the best guys from 200 yards and out. But like the distance guys tend to hit shorter clubs, tend to be better. I will say this too, Rick. It's long, and there are massive greens that are divided into almost like sectors or quadrants or thirds. And so as a result, if you're coming in there with a five iron and you've got some breeze, which you get – you miss the wrong segment and then you've got this horrible putt up and over a rise on these slowish greens. So if you can get something shorter in there, it makes proximity a little easier. So you can get the ball in the correct segment. So it kind of makes birdie putts a little more manageable, if you will. You so I've got, yeah. So I, based on, again, you can see it throughout my picks. It's just length, length, length. And so I've got, I've got Pendrith over Thomas Dietrich, although Thomas Dietrich is pretty long short. as well. Yeah. Yeah, I went uh, Davis Thompson over Patrick Rogers here. Davis Thompson looks like he's getting much more comfortable. It looks like he's playing well. And Patrick Rogers, I think, is getting a little bit of an unnecessary bump because of the back-to-back -to -back top 10 finishes that he's had in the two editions of this event. Greg, uh, you also found yourself somebody with some good history around this place. Brandon Wu. Um, and we talked about this yesterday, Rick, on the DFS podcast. Brandon Wu... Really, and it's about his last ten events. He's he's um, only lost strokes approaching the green in one of them, and it was at Pebble Beach. So you're talking about a limited number of rounds um, that are counting towards strokes gained. So his approach play has been really good, and so now we go to a weaker field on a golf course that he's really comfortable with, and I'm seeing evidence that his game is still there. Uh, when I look to Ryan Fox, who is long. I still see a guy that is losing a lot of strokes uh, off the tee despite his length, very inconsistent on the greens uh, and, and very inconsistent with his approach play as well. He's also never played here before. So I figured that there was a little bit of an edge. I thought Brandon Wu was probably undervalued in that one. Uh, Mark, round us out here, please. And actually, oh my goodness, is this a, is this a direct opposite of what Kyle took? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it is. Um, here's the thing, and no knock on Taylor, but he's had a decent season so far. But in my experiences, he very he's always sort of around, but never really shows up on weekends. And and, and Thomas Dietrich, to me, I, I had him for a while there in, in San Diego, and I always knew he was good. But to get him to get to watch him for a little while was incredible. And the guy just he squares up the face into the back of the ball so consistently, and the ball's hit on this beautiful trajectory that cuts right through the wind. And so uh, this is a guy with a lot of confidence. He's had a good season so far. I feel like in a field like this, he may just thrive. And so I feel like I've, I'm giving uh, Dietrich the nod over Pendrith. That is minus 110 for Dietrich over Taylor Pendrith. Finishing positions. I'm following KP's footsteps here. I'm going distance. Joseph Bramlett, top 30, plus 190. He's the cheaper version of Cam Champ. We talked about that yesterday, <laughs> Greg. Uh, so I'm going to try to get myself a little bit, of, a little bit of odds in my favor. Where'd you go? I went uh, with Davis Thompson right there with you. You took him in a matchup. I saw that matchup. I think I'm a little worried about Patrick Rogers. I feel like he might have a good week. So he kind of scared me a little bit, but I do like Davis Thompson to finish inside the top 20. Uh, he's finished inside the top 21 in five of his last seven starts. And he's done a lot of his work with his iron play. More specifically, his long irons are really good. Uh, and he's putting well, too. So um, I'm a big fan of Davis Thompson this week. Uh, that is plus 160 if he finishes inside the top 20. KP and Mark both have top 30s. Mark, we'll start with yours, please. Well, if you want length, I'll raise you with Jake Knapp. Mm. <laughs> this is a freaking freak. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's stupid. And I, I just watched him the other day, how he was interacting with folks in the range and with his coaching staff and that. He's a rookie, but he just looks like he's been on tour for ages. And, and and he made a big splash there at Torrey Pines. He's been around and about, and he's made a few cuts. And this is the perfect place for him to absolutely thrive. I mean, he can just tear it up and smash it and find it. So top 30 for Nap. I almost want to say is, I don't want to guarantee, but I'm pretty confident about this one. I have a good idea, Mark. Why don't, well, how about on Friday night? Are you on Friday night this week? I don't know. I am. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, we'll get an early victory lap. When Jake Knapp's like T2 on Thursday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> and then he'll finish T31. And we'll see. I'm actually, I'm actually caring more about the best bets right now than I am about the one and done. My best bet, last week I nearly got one, but then Victor played better than he had been over the last few holes to tie up O'Baron. Well, I'll tell you what. It shows, Mark. It shows that you're paying attention to your one yeah. and done. Or to your best bets instead of your one and done. Mm -hmm. KP, give us your finishing position, please. Yeah, I've got Parker Cootie uh, top 30. Uh, somebody that kind of popped up. He was Corn Ferry, obviously, last year. Uh, popped up at, at Torrey, finished T25. He's very long. Again, I, I think it's kind of a theme throughout this this car this uh this betting board is just length, length, length. And uh I'm I'm interested to see kind of what he does in a kind of a lesser field than what, uh, what Tory was outrights two separate outrights. Uh, Mark, I'm going to go back to you here. Cause I know we've got to, we got to get you out of here shortly. So please provide us mm -hmm. with your, uh, or excuse me with your outrights, please. Tony Fino, I can't turn my eyes away from him for obvious reasons. And then Emiliano Grillo, who's got a good course record or a good record around this golf course. He's also just a flusher. He's not as long as the rest, but, but he's just playing with a whole lot of confidence right now. And, 
being in a place where he speaks the language, there's sort of a home course kind of a feel. So I'm going with Emmy and Tony Finau for my outrights. Okay, Greg, you also have Finau on your card. Let's round out the rest of it. Yes, uh, the rest of it is Taylor Pendrith. Uh, I love his length. Oh, also with Davis Thompson, by the way, I misspoke. He has four out of his last eight are top 21 finishes, not five of seven. So excuse me. Uh, but with when it comes to Taylor Pendrith, he checks every single box for me. Uh, he's playing some really good golf of late at the right kind of golf courses. Um, and I like what he does with his long iron play. I like what he does with his distance. He's 10th on the PGA Tour this year in driving distance. And um, I think some of those weekend struggles, Mark mentioned, fade away this weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay, I also have Taylor Pendrith on my card, so I'm going Pendrith at 28 to one or 25 is where I've seen both of those. And Mav McNeely 55 to one. I think he's healthy. I'm trying to be a little bit early. I think if this was a year ago, he'd be 25 to one. And the only reason he played bad is because he was hurt, or at least that's my thought. KP, what's your what's your card, please? I like it. My thought is Chris Goddard at 65 to one. Length, length, length. Uh, one of the longest guys in the field. And then Nic- Nikolai Hoygaard at 16. I think that, I mean, double what Tony is, is to me really good values. Hitting the ball great. Played great, obviously, at Torrey. Uh, better career, by the way. Real quick, go around the room. Nikolai Hoygaard or Tony Fina? Who will end up having the better career? I'm always of the opinion that a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. So I'm going Tony. Agreed. Bird in the hand. Tony. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Close, I a, but I, I agree. Thought it, thought it was a better question than that. <laughs> uh, okay. That's everybody, right? So best bets. For sake of time, I'm just going to read these off. So Josh, this is the extra 50 bucks that we get. I've got Tom Whitney, top 40 at plus 220. KP, Doug Gim, top 20 at plus 200. Mark has gone with Davis Thompson. Even money, me. Over, even money over Patrick Rogers. Mark and- needs it. I need it. Pray for me. And Greg is making his debut with Steven Yeager, top 20 at plus 125. Now, there's only one final thing to do. And actually, KP, we did get an audit of your best bets, and, and that, that number is correct. I need I need to see, like, I need to see who audited <laughs> it, first of all. Colin KPMG. <laughs> was it? Yeah. Was it? Who was it? McKinsey? Taking it to the Supreme Court. I saw what they did with the live stuff. That's a joke. Listen, take it up with producer Josh. (laughs) One and done selections. We've got quite a collection. And Mark, you get to go first for reasons that you are in last place. Well, Hold on. Is this, can you confirm who the fifth ranked person in our league is, Mark? The fifth ranked person. Wine lover Johan. Mm, is that my dad? Ask KP. He's come to dinner at my family house. So ask him after a few wines what it got like. <laughs> I said this on Sunday. I said, I think that I think the other Emelman is infiltrating our, our wine dine. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. This well, Johan is a pretty popular, you know, Dutch and South African name. So look, we all drink wine, so. I'll check with my dad. <laughs> if it's my dad, I'm going to be kind of aggravated that he's beating me. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not only beating you, he's beating it. He's beating basically everybody. everybody. Yeah, by a lot. 
<laughs> Wait, let me I'm use, I, let me take a screenshot here. Hold on. I'm going to do the old man thing and take a picture of a picture. Oh, uh, there, there you go. Tough seed. Got it. Tough right. seed. While, while, while you're doing that, let us know who you picked for your one and done. Fino, um, I, you know, there's very many places you can plug him in, but for the signature events, I've just got other guys in mind. So why not go with a pick of the litter of this, at this field? And look, he's hasn't been beaten. I'm, I'm sounding like Kyle now. He hasn't been beaten at this golf course. So, um, well, by one person, I think he has. John Rom beat him the first Rom, time. So, yeah. yeah. So only one guy's beaten him. So I feel like he continues the trend. All right. Patrick has opted for Nikolai Hoygaard. Greg, you're at 1.3 million. Your selection, please. Tony Fino. I, it just, he's so head and shoulders above the rest of the field. And I feel like he's the right pick this week. I don't think there's a ton of spots where I'm going to really miss him the rest of the year. I've also so far been very conservative with my selections. So it's time to go with the favorite. Kyle, your pick, please. Yeah, the, I mean, the pick is probably Finau, but I, I knew everybody was going to pick him. So I just kind of kind of zagged. I'm saving big tone for the 3M. <laughs> I thought about the same thing, funnily enough. <laughs> yeah. 3M, you got it. <laughs> I, like, regard, I also zagged. I went Mav McNeely. I was telling Greg this the other day. It's just like, if it was only the six of us, I probably would have picked. Now the fact that we've added in a thousand yeah. people makes me feel weird. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to move up here. I agree. Uh, and producer Josh who is currently in the lead has taken the favorite Josh, uh, excuse me, Tony Finau. He's at 1.8 million. That is probably the correct play because he is out in front. By the way, I'm texting my dad as we speak. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got to get all these numbers up. <laughs> yeah. We got we got to do better uh, right on 6 p.m. Eastern time to get Mark out of here. But any final thoughts? If you have a final thought, it has to be less than 15 seconds long. I can't keep it that short. Okay. Then we are done for the day. We'll be back Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to recap all your Mexico open needs. Until then, big thanks to producer Josh, who does all the hard work behind the scenes. You can find Mark Immelman at Mark underscore Immelman, Greg Ducharme at The Real GFD, Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CVS. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.